Clap Horror Time contains graphic and explicit content. It may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. What's your favorite scary movie? something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real life crime or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film, and the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. Hello. Happy Christmas! Hey, it's Christmas in July, baby! <laughs> Woo! Insert jingle sound effects. <laughs> uh. Woo! Not actually Christmas uh, in July, so, but it's it's well this one will be what? for since we decided it to do is, a holiday. Oh, no, yeah. yeah, we wanted to do a Christmas in July episode because we'd be like that, and so what better one to choose than the granddaddy of slashers, uh, Black Christmas, <laughs> the the OG, the '74 <laughs> one. Even though I, so here's the thing, I I watched the remake Black Xmas before this one, and so I was like, I don't know what everyone's problem is. Uh, <laughs> But that's my problem. And as, as we all know, I think... Uh, th- we actually might have announced this on the episode that got fucking lost to time and space. But, um, uh, they're, you know, they're remaking it again. Uh, Sophia Tikal of Always Shine, the lost episode. Yes. And she's co-writing it with April Wolf, who's fucking awesome, and I can't wait to see that. Yes. So I've been meaning to rewatch this anyway, so I'm glad Elle suggested this when I suggested Christmas in July. Mm-hmm. Um, had you seen this before? I had not, No. Ooh. I'd only seen it, I'd only seen, like, little bits of it when I was watching that, like, 100 Scary Movie Moments uh, program yeah. on YouTube, and they mentioned Black Christmas, and I was like, ooh, this sounds interesting. Um, and, oh, yeah. and Carrie Owens is gonna be in the remake, too, so... Oh, yeah! Out for our boy. Oh, God. I fucking forgot about that. <laughs> Do you think he's playing John Saxon's role? Oh, I, I don't, I hope so. <laughs> he was. Can I say something? He was great in Stranger Things, but they barely used him. I was like, after all that build up. <laughs> Cowards. Cowards. I mean, he did. It was great. Like, he was hamming it up. He was basically playing the Jaws mayor. Yeah. Okay. And he gets the shit kicked out of him multiple times. So, like, I guess I got what I wanted. <laughs> Could have been more. God. So, tell us about Black Christmas. What's this bad boy all about? Oh, so it, it opens... It's, it takes place in a sorority. I'm guessing it takes place in Canada, because it was filmed in Canada. It was one of those, like, when they were, um... Basically, the government was, you know, giving out money to make movies, and they're like... The only things that make money are, like, porn and horror, so... <laughs> make, go make some horror movies! And they're like, okay! And so, so they did. Um... It takes place in a sorority house, and it opens with one of the girls getting killed, mm-hmm. but no one fucking notices because it, it's a giant-ass house and she was supposed to go away for the holidays anyway, so no one notices that she's missing. Yeah. Uh, this this house, this movie basically proves why I never want to live in a big house again. <laughs> when I when I did, it, I was creeped out all the time. Like, if I don't, if I can't hear where everyone else is, where I'm living at all times, like, that freaks me out. Like anything could happen. Uh, but yeah, so the, the the killer suffocates her in her closet and puts her in the attic so no one knows. Mm-hmm. And then finally they're like, wait a minute! Or, or they notice 
she's missing because her dad was like, I was supposed to pick her up and she was gone. And so yeah. more girls start going missing in the town. Um, there's a red herring with um, one of the boyfriends of the girls, of Olivia, H- Olivia Hussey's character. Yes. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say about... Like, it's... This this is famous because, you know, you, you don't really... You never know who the killer is. Mm-hmm. They think they find out who the killer is, but they're they're wrong. <laughs> wrong. Um, yeah, it's a very bleak and open ending. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I wonder how people reacted to this at the time, because this really this really did jumpstart the the slasher craze. Like this predates Halloween. Yeah. And it's like it's really fucking well made. Like you can see why people decided to copy this. Yeah, really. Like, oh, like, I was watching it, and I was just like, wait, I live in a big house. <laughs> I live in- <laughs> Oh, shit! I live in a house. And it doesn't help. Well, at least I don't live- I don't, At least I'm not in the, uh, room where, like, my closet door leads- Like, it goes into the closet, and then there's another door where the attic is. Uh, so mm. I'm not in that room anymore, but I am in the one that has the, uh, little, like, ceiling access, but it's, like, really hard to get to, so it's, like, it's okay. You have, you have, wait, you have, um, ce- ceiling attic access in your, in your room? It's in my closet. In my room. What? Yeah. <laughs> my house is haunted. The Midwest is weird! I If I had my way, I would make sure, I would brick up every, like, access to it, of my attic, and just make it in the garage, but my parents won't let me, so I have to, like, put stuff no, in I mean, front of I, it. I shouldn't, I shouldn't diss attics. I, you know, in the, in, in, in California over here, we don't have attics or basement, and, uh, we lose all that storage space, so. Right. Yeah, no, and every- I'd rather have a haunted attic where I could store shit. There's so much shit in our attic and in our basement. We, my mom has a tree that she puts on the landing of our, like, where you can see through the, our big front window that's above our front door. We have a Christmas tree displayed there, and instead of, like, taking it down, we've now decided to wrap it in, like, a bunch of blankets and then shove it behind the door of the unused bedroom. And so every time you walk in there, you kind of get a bit of a start because that damn tree's right behind the door. <laughs> You're like the vine of that girl that thinks she sees, like, a person in the hallway and it's the Christmas tree, which is like, that out Yeah, no, every time. Yeah. Every time. Um, Every time. Then we got this. This certainly earns its title of Black Christmas because it's it's Christmassy as shit. Like mm-hmm. there's decorations everywhere. There's snow, which I think was fake snow. Yes, it was. Um, Canada had to fake snow. Wow. Um, <laughs> it, it should be pointed out for those who don't know that like this was directed by Bob Clark, who also made a Christmas story. So he yeah. just went and made two of the most polarizing but famous Christmas movies ever. <laughs> so like, good for him. Oh my god. No, yeah, and like- And it was- Uh, yeah. Uh, just like, and also like, it's so loved today, um, even though when it was released originally, it had like, moderate success, and it had a lot of negative reception, Mm. but then it just like, since like, been reevaluated, and now they're just like, oh no, this was actually really good, people were just dumb back then, apparently. (laughs) Didn't know good shit (laughs) when they saw it. It's the children who were wrong. (laughs) I want to point out how much I loved Margot Kidder's character in this, yes. and how I low-key wished that she, like, she was the final girl, but back then anyone with that raunchy of a, of a mouth and t- like, <laughs> had to had to die off early, I guess, but she was great. Yes. And I, I, uh, 
I played myself because I'm like, isn't she a little old to play a college student? And I looked it up and she's like my age and I just graduated college. And I'm like, oh, oops, never mind. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> my bad. Sorry, sorry Miss Kidder, go continue. But yeah, the line, um, it's when, so the, I should mention, they keep getting, like, calls from this perv that's probably the killer, but he's just making pervy sounds and stuff. And she says, why don't you go find a wall socket and put your tongue in it? That'll give you a charge. <laughs> like, Pikachu meme? Like, <gasps> oh my. Whoa. I-, I didn't know that, like, that at all. And so I just thought they just made weird sounds. And then they were just, like, saying super vulgar shit. And I was like, dude. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> dude. Because, like, that was added in. girlfriend, dude. That was added in later. Uh, it was looped in post-production, because originally... Oh, the sounds? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was just, like, Bob Clark talking to them. Yeah, it was just, like, tame shit. (laughs) That must have been fun. And then they were like, no, let's loop in something worse. And then, so, I was just like, why would... I'm like, this is why I I never answered to react to. (laughs) They were told to react to something vulgar, though, right? I think so, yeah. I would assume. Yeah. Based on their reactions, based on that line. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God! (laughs) I died every time Melissa... I can't say her name. I'm so sorry. Every time Olivia Hussey answered the phone with the hello, hello. It, like I, I died. Like <laughs> I, I love her. Oh my god. Hello. hello. Um. Yeah. This is a. This is a great cast and a lot of like up and comers. I should mention this was Margot Kidder before Superman. Mm-hmm. Olivia Hussey had already kind of been established because she was a, a teen child star. Yeah. With Romeo and Juliet. Fucking Andrea Martin is in this? <laughs> and then she uh, then she came back for the for the remake and played the house mother. <laughs> Good for her. I absolutely loved the house mother in this. Oh my God. I like forgot about them. I forgot how awesome she is when she like pulls the booze out of the book. I'm like, yeah, this is The booze out of the Bible. <laughs> no, it's yeah. like mood. <laughs> A big mood. And like her like all of her like weird like the stuff she has on the wall and the, the, the girl's dad is judging her she's yeah like, I, don't, I don't know she like she like s- she smacks her hand against the picture of like yeah. the showing the women's um the butts butt. yeah and she's just yeah. like leaning there and she like grabs the door and opens it and tries to keep her arm just <laughs> there until it gets shut and, and then even then he opens the door and he just looks at it <laughs> just low-key oh my god it's so I I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I just oh the, the voice of the of Billy who is which is the name they give the bad guy. Mm, it's just yeah. so creepy. <laughs> I was like and then then he did like that one scene of like he just puts destruction on the attic or something and I'm just like I got I got to go. <laughs> I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> got to got to go. And he just he climbed up the side of the house and got into the attic. Which is how he got into the house in the first place. Well, so he was, like, scaling it? Yeah, he, like, scaled, like, at the beginning. He, like, scaled... Because originally he was, like, looking at the, like, doors and windows, and they looked all locked, and so then he saw, like, you know, how they have that, uh, ivory that, like, can climb up that, uh, whatever it's called. It's, like, a, like, a fence thing. It looks like a fence thing they put on, like, the sides of houses, and they put ivory at the bottom so it can crawl up it for, like the aesthetic or something on your house, but it was something like that that he climbed up and then got into the house. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, this, uh, I can't wait to, like, never live in a house with an attic or anything ever again in my life. <laughs> I need small space mm-hmm. so I can know where everything and everyone is at all times. Yeah. 
so that you can notice if there's like a bunch of dead bodies in your <laughs> Yeah, I just sat up there in the window the entire time. Like he mm-hmm. didn't move her at all. And I was she's st- she's still there. She's still there. Um. <laughs> um. I oh, I also wanted to talk about like um the way that abortion is like actually like featured and talked about and acknowledged in this. Yeah. Because like this was the seventh. The early 70s, and, like, not only do they talk about it and actually say the word, but, like, I don't think that they're ju- the movie itself is coming from a judgmental place for her character. It's the, the boyfriend that yes. is. And, he, you know, he's being a real dick about it, and that's why, like, that's why we think he might be the killer, is that he feels so entitled over this. Yeah. Um, so I just thought that was, that was interesting. Yeah, like, for real, because, like, it just, it doesn't, like, really do any kind of, like, it's it's kept mostly between her and her boyfriend, so that's why it like so that way no one else really gives any kind of judgment or any kind mm-hmm. of thing on it, and it just kind of was just like straight up, you know, this is what it is. And I thought that was yeah, super she's... interesting because I'm just like, <laughs> would any movie today do be this? Right. <laughs> the range. Um, well, obvious child, but obvious child. Yeah, that. obvious child. <laughs> Um, Go see Obvious Child. <laughs> no, yeah, when he was telling her, you can't get an abortion, and I was like, I'm gonna come through that TV and hit you, dude. Like, just, no. <laughs> I'm just, ah. Uh. He's like those guys in, like, the, the webcam pictures that are like, you killed my baby or whatever, and he's like 15. <laughs> he's like, not your body. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up, Go away. No, yeah, I was I was really surprised. I didn't even know that they would be mentioning abortion at all in this movie, so I was just kind of like, 1970s mentioning abortion just straight up and it's like wow what timeline am i in <laughs> yeah god go canada i guess <laughs> maybe there's more chill over there <laughs> um i also just wanted to give a shout out to john saxon because <laughs> i love john saxon uh he apparently was brought on at the like very last minute yeah um and you could never tell because he's solid you know he's also those who don't know, he was also in the Nancy's Dad and Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. Uh, I just think he's neat. <laughs> so. He's neat. He's very neat. Also, also since this was Canada and every up-and-coming Canadian um, was at some point attached to this, I guess Gilda Radner was attached to this. Oh which would have been it would have been wild to see her <laughs> in a straight-up horror movie. <laughs> She had to she had to quit though for some show called Saturday Night Live. I don't know what that oh. was about. Uh-huh. Don't know about that. <laughs> don't know about that, Chief. <laughs> oh my god. That's amazing. <laughs> so this uh allegedly was loosely based on some murders in Canada, right? Yeah. Yeah, like it was alleged that like Roy Moore, who was the writer, uh for the movie that name <laughs> a Roy Moore uh he took Love inspiration the from the story of an actual series of murders that took place in Montreal along the Christmas season and I had so much fun trying to find anything that was before <laughs> 1974 in Montreal around Christmas time and I did find something but it, there's like so little information that I like I looked everywhere and there was just like maybe three websites that talked about it and it's I'm just like oh my god this is insane um <laughs> but it, it was called the Webster killing um 
George Webster, who was 14 years old uh, in 1943 on November 17th, so getting around Christmas time. Uh, he killed his mother, Wilhelmina Dawson McCreary Webster, who was 38, with a baseball bat in Westmount, Quebec. That's just above the Vermont state line for all those who don't know. Uh, he attacked his mother, brother, his sister, and a family friend named Sylvia Cust, who was visiting from Australia. Uh, the brother and sister did survive, uh, but they had to have surgery, apparently, because he hit him so hard with the bat. Um, he apparently, after he attacked his mother, he called for uh, Sylvia to like come in, like come, my mother's hurt. And then when she came in, he hit her in the head with a bat. Um, she was dazed, but she was able to get the uh, call the police. Um, he was at Westmount High School at the time, and friends of his said that around the time of the attacks, he had been acting weird, and he kind of dropped out of his class is like band class and stuff like that and he was just not himself anymore so when they put him on trial uh the coroner's jury deemed him criminally responsible and charged him with murder on december 3rd but on february 28th of 1944 he was deemed unfit for trial and was transferred to verdun mental hospital uh there wasn't much information i could find after that so i assume he just stayed there forever <laughs> unless he got out of somewhere but I couldn't find anything literally such a short crime um, the Websters were considered a successful business family in Montreal so they were very well known so it was a pretty big shock to everybody when this happened um, and this November 17th it will be had been 76 years since the crime took place uh, yeah, that's like the literal. That's literally the only murder around Christmas time before 1974 that I could <laughs> find in Montreal. So I'm sorry that it's so damn short, but we do have. I'm sorry that Canada is such a safe place. Canada is so safe. It's uh, yeah, no, it, it's 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 too safe. We gotta we gotta move. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the that's the tiny true true crime of the of the week for. Black Christmas, um, but I do like to. I think one of the favorite facts about Black Christmas is that Steve Martin, when he met Olivia Hussey, he was like, "You are in one of my favorite movies ever," <laughs> and she thought he was like Romeo and Juliet. No, Black Christmas, seen it twenty-seven times, and it's like, God, I wish that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't think to associate Steve Martin with either of those. I know, <laughs> it's a wild card. Oh my god, Betty Davis was asked to play the house mother originally. Oh my god. Oh my god! Oh, and she... I mean, whoever they cast did a good job, though. Oh, yeah. Apparently, she was loosely... The, the house mother was loosely based on one of Clark's aunts who had a habit of hiding liquor bottles throughout the house, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, way to expose your aunt, Bob. God. <laughs> expose her! <laughs> Rest in peace, though, Bob. We love we you. We love you. Ah. Uh, ah, uh, so, so does Black Christmas yeah. get to be called a gay movie? No, it's not gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, um, uh, uh, the only thing gay about it is my love for Olivia Hussey, even though for some reason I couldn't say her name today. <laughs> uh, because of as at the aforementioned Romeo and Juliet. Uh, I was like in love with her. I was obsessed with that movie in, in like I think middle school. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, huh, why do I feel this way about Juliet? Oh, that's why. <laughs> you gay man. You big lesbian. <laughs> you big lesbian. <laughs> but yeah, nothing nothing really gay about this, unfortunately. No. Sometimes that happens. Unfortunately. Oh, oh, can we talk about the shot in the movie where she, like, is going into one of the rooms and, like, the the door is cracked and you he she looks in the space between where the door hinges and you just see the eye looking at her and i was like this is literally the most terrifying thing that i would ever see like i would just slam that door so hard and keep it that way nope (laughs) nope not doing this not doing this oh and i there is a cat in this movie but the cat nothing happens to the cat i searched does the dog die when i saw the cat the second i saw the cat i was like shit and i gotta look this up He's fine. His name's Claude. He's cute. We love Claude. him. He's a the house cat. Well, does, he, does he show up again? Because she keeps looking for him. He's still he's there. Cool, right? Yeah, you can hear him All still right. meowing, so he's probably just, like, somewhere All in the right. house. He probably just doesn't give a shit that everyone's being murdered around him. Yeah. Like, as long as someone's gonna feed me, I guess. Uh, apparently the movie was a hit in Canada, but it bombed in America oh, yeah. at first. <laughs> we have no taste. Oh, it was retitled Silent Night, Evil Night for its U.S. release. What? Why would you say that? Why would you do that? I'm guessing this was before Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's like when they renamed Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone to Sorcerer's Stone over here. It's just like, why? Why do I do It's so dumb. You shouldn't have done that. You should have just kept it Black Christmas. Because, like, how I sound like a... I sound like a dumb American whenever I want to talk about Dead Alive, because everywhere else it's brain dead. God! Uh, when is that coming out on Blu-ray? Because I need to watch that movie. I don't know, man. They announced it a while ago that it was getting a Blu-ray release, yeah. but I don't know. We'll have to follow up on that. Peter Jackson said he was going through and remastering his older projects, and then he was going to release them. Okay. I think that was back in October when he announced that, so... Hopefully there'll be some, uh, developments soon. <laughs> Criterion for, for Ted Alive, when? <laughs> when? 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 Would this be a movie that would- I think this would be a cool movie to get on Criterion. Black Christmas? Yeah! <laughs> sure! Let's do it! I- I- I don't I'll know s- if they'd ever do that! This they- sounds more like a Vinegar Syndrome release or something. <laughs> They put the freaking Breakfast Club on Criterion, so they can do anything they want. Groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah. God. Well, if I had my way, they'd put in and out on Criterion. That would be a real treasure. Let's go, people. Come on. <laughs> oh. the restoration for in and out Yeah? Um, besides the murders that happened in, Mon- in Montreal, um... This was also the based off of the babysitter and the man upstairs legend, um, which dates back mm. to the 1960s. You know the, the uh, what's it called? When like a stranger the calls, calls coming from inside the house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was the stranger calls before this? No, it was after this. But like that's okay. like one of the one of the like one horror movie that plays off of that same legend. Um, so, but like yeah, this is yeah that probably one of the first maybe since it was in ni- early 1974. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that the call is inside the house line is the... Oh, yes! It's freaky! Freaky, don't like that. Don't like that. Don't like it's that. It's freaky-deaky. 
Don't. How was he calling them? Like, what, like he was calling them on one of their phone lines? Like, or, yeah. This was before cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> he had to like run to like bedrooms and just hope they had a phone. Yeah. So there's a phone I upstairs guess. somewhere, I guess. Um, no, the, the first film to utilize this legend was called Foster's Release, which was three years before Black Christmas. Yeah. I've never heard of this movie. So it's just like an urban legend or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a 1971 American short film of 14 minutes, directed by Terrence H. Winkless. So... I guess not the first full-length film, but it was the first, like, film-ish to use that legend. Um, did you check the children? And then it's like, oh, shit. Um. Oh, they use that in that? Because <laughs> okay. that's, that's some Stranger Call shit. <laughs> oh! Oh! Shit. Shit, shit, shit. Yeah, I just saw this. What? Um. <laughs> there's, um, Breaking news. The child, there's like versions, like there's like there's different versions that are used with this legend. Um, mm -hmm. Like the children are with the babysitter while watching television, and the prowler starts phoning them, saying he'll be with them in a certain amount of time. And then they get the news that calls are coming from inside the house. They hear a door upstairs opening, and then the sound of footsteps heading towards the room where they are. And that version can be found in the scary stories to tell in the dark books, which is also coming out oh! with a film. Very soon, I'm so, so, so excited because it's produced by Guillermo del Toro, and I love Guillermo del Toro so much, and he does horror so, so good. Um, so, be on the lookout for that if you remember reading those books when you were in first grade and getting those images embedded into your mind for the rest of time. <laughs> yeah. I'm still... Oh, this... This is horror-related. I could ask you this on yes. air. Um, was... Was... I don't know if this is an urban legend or if it was from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, because you know how sometimes you think of something and you're like, oh yeah, that was in that. Yeah. Um, but was was there a story where, like, a girl had a thing tied around, a lace thing tied around her neck, and then when she took it off, her head falls off? I feel like it, there was. I think so. Is it? Or is it in something else? Because then, this guy at work was telling me about this new book of short stories, it's like, oh, this girl has a ribbon tied on her neck, and she tells her husband not to touch it, but I won't tell you what it is. I'm like, does her head fall off? And he's like, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and I'm like, why do I? I've heard this before, but I don't know where. Listeners, do you know what the fuck this is from? Oh, oh, oh. It's from, yeah. it's called The Green Ribbon, and it was from this book called In a Dark, Dark Room and Other Scary Stories. So it was from something similar uh, that was also for children. Uh, like, yeah, they said that you can oh, never take- So that was for children? Yes. <laughs> scary what stories the to tell- fuck? Scary stories to tell in the dark was also oh, for I children. I- I know! <laughs> they fucked us all up! <laughs> this is why we are like this. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Oh my god. Yeah, this is how we're all scarred for life. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to give my nephew, when he's old enough, my scary stories to tell in the dark books. Uh, so yeah. he can read them. <laughs> become like me my nephew oh boy um i'm about to go down a rabbit hole with this in a dark dark room right now these illustrations are great it's bringing back memories oh so many memories and I, like that's the best part about the scary stories tell the dark it wasn't so much the stories as it was the illustrations that just stuck with you so bad and then they had yeah. the audacity on its 30th birthday to have an illustrator come in and do different illustrations that ruined everything <laughs> Because parents were complaining that their children were getting upset, and I was like, well, then don't give mm -hmm. it to your kids. Don't ruin it for everyone. Yeah. 
God. I think it's on a list of banned books, but I'm, like, proud about it. <laughs> That's funny. If it's on a banned book list, you should probably read it. So, Hell yeah. That's my philosophy, anyways. I love how it's like, oh, here's this banned book list, like, probably, like, like Lady Chatterley's Lover and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark for <laughs> Children. I have so many interesting books on the banned book list. Like, uh, Shel Silverstein's books are on the banned book list. It's very interesting. <laughs> okay. But, um, so, yes. Well, this could lead into our last, we have a new... Yes. You want to talk about it? Yeah! What, what's you been up to? What you been reading? What you been watching? Well, we should explain what we're doing. We're doing... Yeah. A- a winding down. What what are you calling it? Oh, I just, I don't really have a name for it. Um, but just winding down, yeah. That's about it. Yeah, we're just gonna have a little <laughs> wind down session at the end of each episode. Um, I want where we talk about what we've been consuming. I wanted to talk about something that I saw at Outfest this past weekend that's making its festival circulation right now. It's called Scream Queen: My Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. And it's a documentary about Mark Patton who was um, Jesse in Nightmare on Elm Street 2, the the famous, like, gay horror movie. Yes! Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm doing gay in quotations because there's a lot of controversy surrounding just even that topic. Uh Uh, But so it's about... It's about his story before, during, and after it, kind of, about, you know, his career before and how this was supposed to be his big break and how it both, like, made and broke his career because he was, you know... closeted gay man in 1985 making this movie where he's like, I woke up in the movie and realized that I'm in a movie that's, like, filled with gay subtext. Uh-huh. And the main, like, controversy surrounding it was that for years, the writer claimed that it was not intentional and that it was all based on Mark Patton's performance and, like, Patton confronts him on this at the end of it and it's, like, really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um... And he's, I'm just, like, watching it. I'm like, he's so strong. <laughs> like, I just want to hug this man. He's been through so much. Uh-huh. He, like, disappeared off the face of the earth for years because of this, and no one knew why until, like, they really get into that now. Like, he he wasn't in the public eye until they, they, they found him for the Never Sleep Again documentary. Mm-hmm. It was about all the Nightmare on Elm Streets. So we talk about that. It It's just, and it also, it gives a really good history lesson on, like, uh, gay history in the 80s, especially in, with the AIDS crisis, mm-hmm. and just, like, gives a great context to all of that and why it matters to what happened mm-hmm. to Mark yeah. in his career. So, uh, it's a, it's it's great. It's just really great. <laughs> so, yeah, what have, what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, God, <laughs> why is every movie in the 80s, like, the gayest yet most homophobic movie ever Oh, created? yeah. It's, all of them. It's just like how? How did you do this? Yeah, part of part of the part of the doc they they comp they did like a compilation of clips of like homophobic shit in like eighties comedies and stuff where they're all like saying the other f word and stuff uh, like so yeah. casually. Ugh. No awful times. Um, well, <laughs> I just finished. It. I I have just finished watching the other day, uh, Escape Room, from this past year, which was very fun. Woo! People need to have more fun because it was a fun movie and. Uh, Deborah. I love to have fun. Deborah and oh, uh, well, I love you so much. Oh my Just, 
Arm, gay rights. Army crawling across that pool table upside down. Like, I wish that was me. Um, it was really fun. I, I loved Zoe because she was, like, the, she was the youngest of all of them, but she was also mm-hmm. really smart and, like, she figured mm-hmm. out a lot of the stuff. I think, like, without her, they would have been, like, toast within the first trap. So, like, oh yeah, God bless her. Um, great final girl. Uh, and I also finished reading um, Helter Skelter, uh, which was written Ooh. by Vincent Bugliosi, who was the prosecutor for uh, the case, the Manson case. Um, so, yeah, after reading that, um, I wish I could go back in time and just, like, witness this shit happening, because it sounds so buck wild that I can't even imagine, like, this was something that was happening at the same time that the moon landings were happening. So, like, (laughs) what environment was that like? Like, on one hand, you have people landing on the moon, which has never been done before. On the other hand, you have this horrible mass murderer who is, like, in a, like, a cult, and he has these people that were gonna, like, they stole hand grenades from an army place, supposedly to take into the court and blow it up in order to free Manson. And I was like, what the fuck? So, (laughs) y'all? I mean, like, wait, does does Helter Skelter, I don't read it, I can't read it. (laughs) Does Helter Skelter talk about Squeaky Fromm's assassination attempt on Gerald Ford? Yes, it does. That's also wild as shit. Oh my god. Yes! She, like, tried, she, like, walked up to him in the park that he was walking through and she had the gun on her and she didn't pull back like she didn't get the like she didn't do the pullback on the gun so that it would Mm -hmm. put a cartridge into the uh barrel and so she like just basically she just pulled back the trigger and like it just clicked (laughs) and then somebody took her down so just like holy shit holy shit girl (laughs) girl Oh my god. No, yeah, uh, thank god that Charles Vanson is dead. Uh, rest in hell, mm. asshole. Um, <laughs> and can we please... I, I hear that, uh, speaking of uh, the Sharon Tate murders, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, apparently Tarantino decided to add more... Wait, what are we... Are, is this gonna be spoilers? I don't want to know spoilers. No! Um, the, he just decided to add more of Margot Robbie's uh, oh, yeah. as Sharon Tate into the movie. Why is she not pregnant After he in his this ass. movie? So I found it out. It's because it takes place in fucking February. So that's why. Okay. February of 69. Okay. So I was wondering that too. I'm like, is this... Because they were making it look like it's going to take place during the Manson murders. And I'm yeah. like, she was very pregnant during that. But then in an interview, he was talking about how it takes place in February. And I'm like, okay, okay. Quentin, I guess. I guess okay. you're off the hook for now. I'm just, I'm waiting to see this. Yeah. To see if it's disrespectful or not. Uh, we're just gonna wait. It's it's very touchy subject here. Uh, oh, anything. I saw somebody, one of my friends saw Reservoir Dogs in a theater and called it the worst movie he'd ever seen. What? I was like, excuse me? You haven't seen Pulp Fiction then, apparently. <laughs> Jesus. Honestly, I'll allow it, even though I love <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. I'll allow it. Like, Tarantino, yeah, please fight this tortellini man. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, I was just not expecting that on 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 my dashboard. I was like, hello, hello, okay. Um, <laughs> it just came out of nowhere, so I was just like, oh my god. That's a lot to do with. You're like, okay. Okay, okay, that's fine. It's the most romantic movie I've ever made, but okay. Okay. Um, but now, basically, I, I have a new book to read. I'm reading some fiction now after reading Helter Skelter because I need some 
palate cleanser. Because Vincent Bugliosi goes into really a lot of detail, and mm-hmm. the, the police, as weird. they say, goobered it up real bad, Scoob. It was not good. <laughs> Holy shit. They make fucked up. They, they, they goose their bumps. Um, back to escape room real quick. That could honestly be an episode if we want, because I want to do Taking of Deborah Logan, but it's impossible to fucking find. Like, I've seen it before. Yeah. But I would want to rewatch it. I just want to, I want to do something with Adam Robitaille, because, you know, he's a, he's a gay horror director out there making, making the good shit. Yeah. And so, mad respect to that. He's, he's a cool dude. Is it not on Netflix anymore? It's not. No, that's how I watched it back in the day. Bastards. I know, bastards. Let's find it. But yeah, so that's our that's our winding down. <laughs> Go watch ta- Taking of Deborah Logan if you find it. Um, and we will see you all next week. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to us. Um, Kate, where can we find you on social media? Oh yeah, that part. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, at, I'm, I'm, I'm at Pan Lance on Twitter. Uh, and I'm at LM Designs on Twitter now that I've cleaned it up and have it acceptable for everybody to follow. Um, and Ooh, we're... I mean, I share my Twitter even though it's not acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and we're also at Horror Time Pod on Twitter and Stop Horror Time Pod on Facebook. And if you guys love what we do and you want to just tell us that, you can also just email us at stophorrortimepod.com at gmail.com or leave us any reviews and ratings on iTunes which is just for the algorithm stuff more than us personally. Yeah, please give us a review. Please. <laughs> Ra- rate and review us. Share with your friends if you think they'd like to listen to some queer horror stuff. Um, yeah. Just spread the word and we are so thankful for you guys for listening and we are looking forward to next week so we'll see you then. Bye! Bye!